Grab your Bibles, everybody, you at Fairview also. Uh, grab your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Kings chapter number 17. If you were here last week, it's familiar to you because that's where we were last week. And we're going to dig some more gold out of that vine. Or that, uh, uh, not vine. How about a mine, amen? We'll mine some more gold out of there. Well, you can get something off a of vine and grapes and whatever. All right. First Kings chapter number 17. I want to know and I want you to know that I am tickled to death to be in God's house. And I'm, I'm tickled to death to be around God's children and to have fellowship. And I'm telling you, there's no place like the Lord's place. And so today I want to, we, we went into detail last week about uh, what is to come. What is to come? Uh, uh, Elijah forecasted a famine, a, a time of drought that was going to cause devastation. It was going to cause a time of shortage. Say that with me, a time of shortage. shortage. Difficult times are coming. Now I'm telling you this right now, we're seeing it all over. I, 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 was, I, I made a mistake again this morning. I, I, I looked on my, my computer and I, I looked up the news and I was just going down all of the headlines, all of the things, and it was all negative. It was all disasters. It was all scary. It was all just, just terrible, terrible thing. But listen, Jesus said that would happen. He said that would happen. There's going to be perilous times, dangerous times. Now, we can't avoid that. We can't keep that from happening. Matter of fact, it's got to happen before Jesus comes back. He's preparing this world for his deliverance. Amen? Amen. But we can be ready and we can be prepared and we can be in the place of provision. He said, he, he told Elijah, he said, listen, a drought's going to come. A shortage is going to come, but I've got a place for you. And in that place, there was going to be provision. In that place, he was going to take care of him. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about that place, that place. So let's look in 1 Kings chapter 17 in verse number one. If you're there, say amen. amen. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. We know according to scripture, it's three and a half years, no rain. And the word of the Lord came unto him, talking about Elijah, saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook that I and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. Come on, everybody feed thee. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. And he went and dwelt by the brook chair that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon. And dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman. Come on, a widow woman there to sustain thee. And he rose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And as she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. That's how devastating the times had gotten. And Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first. First, there's a key word first. And bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. And for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the crucible fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the crucible fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. Lord, we need that kind of provision. 
Lord, I pray right now that you'll speak to your people. Lord, use me as a mouthpiece, as a trumpet of truth. I pray that your perfect will be done today. Help me help them. I know where we're headed and I know what's coming. And I know, I know that we can have peace in the midst of disaster, peace in the midst of shortage, peace in the midst of the storm. And God, I pray that you just help me help them be in the place that they need to be. And God will thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. Uh, I, titled, I titled the message today, Are You Here or There? Are you here or there? And you say, where do you get that from? Now, we already saw the there. He said, if you'll go to the brook, I've commanded the ravens to feed thee there. there. I, I need you to go to a widow in Zarephath, and I've commanded her to sustain thee there. there. Now, in 1 Kings 19, a couple chapters, chapters later, and you don't have to turn there. Let me just read it real quick. Elijah has run for his life. They have, they have had the, the, the competition. They've had the challenge at Mount Carmel and, and, and they killed the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the grove. And, and, and now he runs to the palace at Jezreel and, and he's expecting Ahab to turn and, and, and the, the nation to follow God again. And he's threatened by Jezebel and he runs for his life. And he ends up in a cave. He ends up in a cave feeling sorry for himself. Well, listen, wondering about his situation and why it's turned out the way it's turned out. And this is what God says to him. First Kings chapter 19, verse nine, it says, and he came thither unto a cave and lodged there and behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said unto him, what doest thou here? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? God had a there for Elijah multiple times in his life. If you will go there, I will sustain thee. If you will go there, I will protect thee. If you will go there, I will provide for thee. Doesn't matter what, what's going on. It doesn't matter the shortage. It doesn't matter that there's no rain. It doesn't matter that there's no bread. It doesn't matter that there's no crops. And God's there. He can take care of you. But the problem is he got sideways with the Lord and ended up here. And God is asking him, what are you doing? Now I want to ask you a question. This morning in your life, are you here or there? Now, what does this represent? The there, the there represents God's perfect will. God's will for your life. The place of God's choosing for your life. The place that God wants you. God's will, the word will means desire, choice, or purpose for your life. There is a divine will for your life, ladies and gentlemen, whether you believe it or not. Listen, God's will is not just for the pastor. God's will is not just for the preacher. God's will is not just for the missionary. God's got a will and a place for every single child of God. He's got a place for you. Now watch this. If you are there, he's obligated to provide. If you are there, he's promised to meet your needs. If you are there, he's going to do what he said he's going to do. But the problem is some of y'all are not there. You over. You're wondering why things are going the way they're going. You're wondering why you just can't make ends meet. You're wondering why things are not going. And, 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 and listen, you say, preacher, are you one of them prosperity preachers? You just believe if you're in God's will, you're just going to have all kind of money. No, but you're going to have all your needs met. Because I have a Bible. I have a Bible that says, my God shall supply all your need according to your, his riches and glory. 
Now, if you're going to believe that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, then you got to believe my God shall supply all your need. Hello. Now, this morning, this morning, I didn't come chew nobody out. I hope you come. You, you, you don't need, you don't need your steel toe boots this morning. Okay. We only do that once a year. Say amen. Maybe. I, I come this morning to help you. If you this morning are here, I'm going to teach you how to get. Now I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm not a prophet. You don't have to be a prophet. All you got to do is turn the news on. It's getting bad. And according to scripture, it's not going to get any better. According to scripture, it's going to get worse. Now, I'm not here to scare nobody. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to help you. I'm here. I'm here to, listen, give you hope that no matter what happens in our world, no matter what happens in our society, if you are there, you're going to be okay. And all God's people say it. Now watch this. George Truett, George Truett said this, success is defined as recognizing the will of God and trying to perform it. I would agree with that. I've seen this too. It's an unknown. I don't know who said it, but it was good. Peace. Say that word with me. Now, how many of us need some of that? Watch this. Peace is the deliberate adjustment of my life to. That means if you happen to be here, you adjust to get. Some of y'all are a little slow. Let me try it again. If you are. Adjust your life and get, and that is where you'll find peace. All right, now watch this, watch this. God's will, his determination, his choice, his purpose, his desire for your life, where he wants you to be, what he wants you to be doing. Colossians 1, 9 says this, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Paul is telling the, the, the people at Colossae, he says, since we heard about your salvation, since we heard that you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is the one thing we've prayed for you. We desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his what? His will. What does Paul say? The most important thing you can do as a baby Christian is find God's will for your life. Be in the place. Be there. Colossians 4, 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the what? Will of God. First Peter 4, 2. That he no longer, this is talking about a believer, a believer should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the? That's where we need to be. That's what we need to strive for. That's what we need to seek. Matthew 7, 21, Jesus begins to speak about everybody that professes. Everybody there, you know, there's a, <laughs> you, you, you knock on every door and call them and everybody's going to tell you they're a Christian. In the South, and we're in the, the, the belt buckle of the Bible belt. Everybody's a Christian, but that's not so. Matthew 7, 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the, the will of my father, which is in heaven. Matthew 12, 50, for whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same as my brother, sister, and mother. John 4, 34, watch Jesus while Jesus was here on this earth. Jesus saying unto him, my meat or, or that which fulfills me, sustains me. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to what? Finish his work. John 5, 30. John 5, 30, Jesus says, I can, I can of my own self do nothing as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own, but the, the will of the Father which has sent me. John 6, 38, Jesus said, I came down from heaven not to do my own, but the, the will of him that sent me. The will of him that sent me. Now, do we see a pattern how important it is to do God's will, to be in God's will, to be in the place that he wants you to be. Now watch this, watch this. You, you got to understand, when you go back and look at this story, you'll find out that, that Elijah initially is in Samaria. 
And he has to, in order to get to the brook, the place that God specifically told him to be, he had to leave and go on a journey and cross over the Jordan River and go into the wilderness to find the place that God wanted him to be. Now watch this. What if he decided, I don't like that brook. There's a creek over here closer to my house. That's more convenient. What if he had decided, I like this one over here better? What if he would have felt like this is a better opportunity for me? I'm going to go to this creek and not that one. Guess what? He would have missed the provision of God. Because if you're not there, God's not obligated to take care of you. If you're not in the place he told you to go, watch this now, you're on your The second time he said, I need you to go. I need you to go to Zarephath. Zarephath, man, that's a Gentile place. That's a bunch of pagans over there. They're a bunch of hoodlums. You want me to go there and to a widow? How is a widow going to take care of me? No, he did what God said. What if he had said, well, I'd rather just stay in, 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 in around Jewish people. I'm going to go find somebody wealthy. I think they'd be able to do it better. You know what? He'd have missed out. He'd have missed out. Watch this. Here's another one. Here's another. How many of y'all remember Abraham? How many of y'all have ever heard of Abraham? Okay. Do y'all remember when Abraham had to take Isaac and sacrifice him? Remember that? You remember when he didn't tell his mama where he was going? Amen. I'm not telling your mama where we go. Don't even, you know. You know what God said to Abraham? You know what God said to Abraham? Go to the mountain that I'm going to show you. Go to the mountain. That mountain just happened to be Mount Moriah, by the way. And as they traveled, as they traveled, they kept traveling until they got to the mountain. But what if Abraham, what if Abraham would have said, you know what? There's a prettier mountain closer to home. I kind of like this mountain over here because it's not as steep to climb. You know what, what did he, what did Abraham, welcome home, done got back from Israel, all right, y'all went to Mount Moriah while y'all was there. Hey, what if Abraham would have done that? When, when Abraham got to Mount Moriah, the place where God told him to be, what did he find? A ram. You remember when he was going to sacrifice Isaac? What, what did he find in the thicket? A ram caught by his horns. On the mountain God told him to be. Now, what if he had went to a mountain more convenient? What if he would have went to a mountain that he felt was better? What if he went, because I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time. Preacher, I know God said, but I feel, I don't care about your feelings. I guarantee you one thing. There was one person that was glad that Abraham went to where God said, and that was Isaac. Because it was there that God gave them the lamb. It was there that God provided. If he would have not went in the place where God wanted him, he would have missed out on God's provisions. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm just trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to be able to do this on your own. When it gets difficult, when it gets hard, when things get really tough, when, when, when what's to come is coming, when the perilous times that God said would happen, you can't do it on your own. You need to be there. You need to be in God's will. You need to be in the place that he wants you to be. Now, have I convinced everybody by now that you need to be there and not here? Are y'all with me? How do we do that? Let me give you four quick things and we'll, we'll pray. Four quick things. This is going to be the simplest message you've ever heard in your life but you're going to have to decide to do it. Okay, this is very practical. This is very simple. I mean, just as simple as it can be. I mean, it's almost going to be, it's almost going to be like Siri's going to direct your steps. How many of y'all are glad, how many of y'all are glad for that, 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 that garment on your phone nowadays? I went, I went, I went coon hunting down South Alabama with, with Mark Hall and them. And I woke up like five o'clock in the morning to get back here to get ready and finish up for a Sunday sermon. And my phone was dead. 
And I was in the middle of nowhere. How many of y'all have ever heard of Aliceville, Alabama? Aliceville, Alabama. It's, it's not close to anything. Matter of fact, you can't even get there from here. <clears throat> I was in the middle of nowhere. And I jumped up, got everything ready through in here, and I took off, and my phone wouldn't work. And I'm like, dear God, what am I going to do? Because all you got to do is hit the address, turn here, turn here, dummy, turn around. You missed it, right? You got. I just stayed on one road and prayed, oh, God, let it come out somewhere. Let it come out somewhere, please. Oh, did you? And it did. Thank God. I knew heaven. Amen. I got home. But this is what it's going to be like. I'm going to give you the simplest instructions on being there and not you don't, you don't need to be in your prayer time. You don't need to be in your prayer time whining to God about why you don't have what you need. And God has to say, what are you doing here then? Okay, number one. Number one. What's the first step? What's the first thing we need to do? First step of being in the place of God, being in the will of God, being where God wants you to be, it starts with salvation. It starts with salvation. An unbeliever cannot find the will of God. Because the first step, the first thing that God wants for you is your salvation. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Are y'all with me? God is not willing. Say it with me. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, I got another verse. I got another verse. Look here. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long suffering. Thank the Lord. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to 1 Timothy 2, 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be what? And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. God's will for your life is you to be saved. Period. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to know him. He wants you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul preached, he wants you to repent toward God and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It starts with salvation. It doesn't start with church attendance. You can, you can attend church all you want. You can be baptized all you want. Listen, you can read all the Bible you want. You can, you can memorize as much scripture as you want. You can give as much money as you want. But until you repent of your sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are here and not there. I must be saved. Come on, everybody. I must be saved. saved. The first step, the very first step to being in the will of God is salvation. Number one, it is. Number two, very important. Number two, very important. And y'all going to want to jump number three or number four, but you can't do number three or number four until you do number two. Number two is this, surrender. Surrender. And this is so important. This is such a big, 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 big key. It's a big key to happiness. It's a big key to peace. Look at me, everybody. Look at me, everybody. Does the Bible not say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice? A living sacrifice. Now, what is a sacrifice? A sacrifice, they gave it all. They completely submitted. They completely surrendered. They died. They died on the altar. But God is not saying, I want you to be a dead sacrifice. He says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. Well, if a sacrifice dies, how am I going to be a living sacrifice? I tell you, he wants you to die to your desire, your wants, your wishes, and say, God, here I am. I totally surrender. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Everybody look at me. This is where some of y'all are right now. That's why you're miserable. You, you, You believe in God. You've asked God's forgiveness for your sin. You've repented. But when God's trying to lead you to do something, to get involved or do, go somewhere or do something, you're hard-headed. And you've not totally surrendered to the will of God in your life. Now, let me tell you by experience, I ran from God for a long time. And it's miserable. It is miserable. 
When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was in, I can't mean to make a long story short because I don't have that much time. I was in a church service and there was a preacher preaching and he was preaching on missions. He was a missionary that was a missionary in El Salvador and he was preaching and he looked at me. I was sitting about three quarters of the way back. He pointed his finger at me and he says, I want that boy to be a missionary. And I thought to myself, no, you don't. You got to understand, I grew up in church. See, see, we have video and all that now, but back then they had them, them little round things with the pictures on it. Y'all know what I'm saying? Slide projector. Click, 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 click. And I didn't see missionaries eat roaches and crickets and stuff. I don't want to be no missionary. When you're on the mission field, you got They said, hey, you got to eat what they eat. Man, they eat. Oh, I don't want to be no missionary. And man, that moment right there struck fear in my heart. Oh, my Lord, God wants me to be a missionary. I'm going to have to go to Midgefield. I'm going to have to eat roaches and crickets. <laughs> and as I grew up, that, that was in the back of my head. That was the thought. And I was, mm-hmm. I surrendered to preach. I said, Lord, I preach, but I ain't going to be no missionary. I ain't going to Tanzania. I'm not going to Zimbabwe. At that point, I wasn't even going to Alabama. (laughs) But in my heart, man, I could feel it. Went to Bible college. Run, went down to my father's to be his associate. Running from that, running from that. Went back and took a little church in South Carolina. Long Branch Baptist Church in South Carolina. Running from, preaching, seeing people saved. God's growing the church and I'm miserable. Because I feel like I'm supposed to be on the mission field. I'm thinking God wants me to be somewhere. And, and even though I was still serving, even though people, I was still serving. I was preaching. I was doing all these things that you would, if you was to look at my life, you would say, boy, he's right where God wants him to be. I, no, not necessarily. And when it came time to resign Long Branch, I, I was so miserable And I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired of thinking I'm not where God wants me to be. I said, God, I don't care. I don't care wherever you want me to be. I'll eat a cricket. I'll eat one, whatever you want me to do. (laughs) I'm being a little funny, but it wasn't funny at the time. Because surrender ain't never fun. Matter of fact, it's kind of scary. But you know what? It wasn't two weeks. I got a call from... Coleman, Alabama. Won't you come in and candidate for a pastor? I said, I can't. I got to be a missionary. (laughs) God is my witness. It happened just like that. When I finally said, God, I don't care where you want me to be. I don't care if it's Zambia. I don't care if it's Nicaragua. Lord, I don't care. I I completely submit to wherever you want me to be. Wherever you're here is, Lord. And you know what he said? God has got a sense of humor. He said, son, I didn't want you in Zimbabwe. I just wanted you to be willing to go. You know, there's so many people, they can't find the here because they've never totally surrendered. Lord, I'll do this, but not not this. And you're miserable. I know. I spent years in those shoes. I know. But Brother Mickle, you know what I found out? That when I submitted completely to the will of God, I couldn't, I couldn't have planned my life no better. If I would have written down on a notepad what I wanted God to do for me, he did way more for me than I would have had the gall to ask him to do for me because I said, I took my hands off of him and said, God, you take the wheel. Now listen, you cannot find the place of God until you're willing to surrender completely to wherever he wants you to be and whatever he wants you to do. If Elijah would have bowed up and said, I ain't going to no brook. That's wilderness out there. They don't have no phone service out there. There ain't nobody out there. Who am I going to talk to? Y'all come on, let's be real. Let's put this in. But he said, God, if that's where you want me to be, that's where I'm going. And you know what he found there? Provision. So it takes surrender. What's the, what's the first thing? If I'm going to be in the place that God wants me to be, first of all, it takes what? Salvation. Everybody say it. 
Number two, it takes surrender. surrender. Are you there? Are you, are you fully surrendered to what God wants you to do? If you are fully surrendered, everybody look at me now. Everybody look at me. If you're fully surrendered to what God wants you to do, three and four ain't going to be no problem. Zero problem. The hardest part, the hardest part about this whole sermon is point number two. But once you've got point number two down, nothing else is an issue. Number three. Watch this. What was number one again? Salvation. Salvation. I must be saved. Number two, if I'm going to find the will of God for my life, I must be and let me, let me finish that verse. I didn't finish the verse a while ago. You remember Romans, uh, Romans 12, I think. Uh, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a, li- a living sacrifice, holy. Now watch this. Now that means I want you to fully surrender. I want you to fully submit. You're placing yourself on the, on the altar and say, God, here's my life. Here's my feet. Here's my hands. Here's my mouth. Do whatever you want me to do. Or listen, tell me wherever you want me to go. I'm yours. I'm completely submitted to your will. Then he said this, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect what? Will of God. So you can't do verse two till you do verse one. God will never reveal. See, that's what some of y'all are wanting. By the way, let's back up. I'm not going to three yet. We're not through with two. All of y'all, all of y'all want him to tell you what two is. So you can decide if you want to do what one is. Now, God, if you'll tell me your will, I'll let you know if I'm going to climb up on that altar. If you'll tell me what you want me to do, I'll let you know if I'm going to do it. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. God says, no, I want you to tell me you're going to do whatever I tell you to do. And then I'll tell you what I want you to do. You have to come to God with a blank check. Oh, dear God. God, here's my life. You fill it out. Getting tight this morning, ain't it? Have you done that? Have you come to God and said, God, whatever, whenever, however, whatever you want, I'm fully submitted and surrendered to your will. If not, look at me. If not, don't be be quoting that my God shall supply all my need. Because he's not obligated to you. You're on your. Hello. It's amazing how we like to claim verses that don't belong to us. Number three. It takes service. God has a job for us to do. God has a job for us to do. God has service for us to fulfill. Here's a little funny. I had a family come to me, has a little grandchild, little bitty, little old bitty thing. She really struggling because her pawpaw went to heaven. And she's saying, where's pawpaw? I want to see pawpaw. And when, when can we see pawpaw? And they said, preacher, what, what do we say? I said, well, I said, Here, here's what you need to say. Say, listen, pawpaw's up in heaven and he's working for God up in heaven. And he's got a job to do up there. And we're working for God down here. And, and, and when, when we're through with the job that we have to do for God down here, then we'll, we'll get to go see him there. I thought that was great. That was brilliant. Except that you got to be smarter than a five-year-old. <laughs> you know what she said? Well, Mimi, I'm not old enough to work. So much for my brilliant answer, amen? But you know, the truth is, God's got work for us to do. God's got service. Now watch this, two things, write these two things down. Write these two things. First of all, you were created to serve. You were created to serve. When you got saved, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, right? A new creation. You were designed, you were created. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. For we are his, what's that word? Workmanship. In other words, God designed us. He created us. He came up with it. 
He, he, de, he de designed who we are, our characteristics, our talents, our abilities, our giftings, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before, what's that word? Ordained that you should walk in them. In other words, when you got saved, God designed you in a certain way, gave you giftings, gave you talents, gave you an ability to accomplish a responsibility for the body of Christ and he ordained or purposed you to accomplish that. Now, I'm going to chat some of you that's watching when you should be here. Watch this. God worked and designed you. He, he orchestrated it and put you in a place and purposed you to serve in that place with those particular people. Are y'all with? That's what that means. Watch, watch now. God compares us to a body. Watch this. First Corinthians 12. He's talking about the body of Christ. For as the body is one and has many members. In other words, there's, there's one body standing up here. There's one body, but I got a bunch of members. I got fingers and toes and knees and feet and eyes and ears. And are y'all with me? That's what it's saying. But there's many members. But all the members of that, what? One being many are one. So also is Christ. That means so are we. We're the body of Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but. Now, what does that mean? Everybody look to your left. The other left people. Left. Look to your right. Guess what? This is one body. Oh, but there's a bunch of people. No, no, no. There's a bunch of members of one body. Watch this now. This is so good. For the body is one member, not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, then where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? What does that mean? Let me, let me describe this. <clears throat> what he's saying is this. Everybody in here has got a different responsibility. Like the body has an ear and an eye and a nose. Everybody has a different responsibility. But the problem is, is when one of the ears wants to be an eye. He said, if everybody was an eye, how would we hear? If everybody was an ear, how would we smell? Hello? God designed you to be in a certain place, accomplishing a certain thing in the body. That means the church. Are y'all with me? Some of y'all are foot, some of y'all are hands, some of y'all are fingers, some of y'all are eyes, some of y'all are a nose, some of y'all are an ear. But watch this now, verse 18. But now hath, come on, now hath God, that's important. Now hath God set the members, in other words, placed them. God has set the members, every one of them in the body as it hath. Now, if you're not doing what you want to do, you, you, don't, blame, don't blame the preacher, blame God. If you can't sing like some other person, listen, God gave you what he wanted you to have. There are people that want to preach that can't preach. There are people that want to teach that can't teach. There are people that want to sing that, you know. (laughs) But see, God provided for even for that. That's why he gave us congregational singing. So you can sing to your heart's desire and we won't hear how bad it is. Amen. Amen. Everybody's not a singer. Everybody's not a preacher. Everybody's not a teacher. But everybody is something. And everything is necessary. Some of y'all, you know, especially people will look at the platform and they say, oh, that's how, how, yeah, that's, that's awesome up there. You know what? We, I, there were things that happened. There were things that happened at the hymn scene. There were things that happened. I can't even tell you about. It was gross and disgusting. But there were people behind the scenes that took care of it and fixed it and met the need. So nobody knew about it. And you know what? 
if you know what I was talking about, you'd say that's way more important than what they was doing up here. Preacher, what are you saying? We need everybody. You don't have to be a teacher to be important. You don't have to be a preacher to be important. You don't have to be a singer to be important. Everybody is important. Everybody makes it happen. How many of y'all have ever been in a boat? How many of y'all have ever seen a boat? Okay. There is a piece of equipment that's about this big around. And it's about this long that you don't ever even see. You don't ever even know it's there. But you know it if it's not there. What am I talking about? The plug. It's not, it's not very glamorous. Nobody says, boy, I tell you what, son, that's a sharp looking plug you got right there. They'll talk about the trolling motor. They'll talk about that big motor on the back. They'll talk about that slick finish on the side. But I have never one time in my life said, boy, I ain't seen a plug like that in years. But you leave that sucker at home one day. Do I have a witness? Preacher, where, are you going somewhere? Yeah, I'm telling to tell you, all you plugs that are sitting at home. We need you here. There's more. Watch this. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members yet but one body? Now watch this. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. How ridiculous is that? Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Those members of the body that don't get recognition, that don't get the glory, that don't get to stand out in the crowd. Are y'all with me? Which we think to be less honorable. This is what Paul's saying. Some of y'all think they're less honorable. But upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely part have no need. But God hath tempered. That means put together. Yeah, God put this thing together. God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, and that there shall be no schism. In other words, a sickness, a problem in the body. Let's all read this together. But that the members should have the same. And whether one member suffer, all the members. One member be honored, all the members. Now I want to ask you a question. Especially for you that are watching at home. If we're supposed to have the same care one for another, how are you going to care for somebody here if you're there? How, how are you going to serve? How are you going to serve one another? Watch this. I got more verses. Well, I just, I don't think a person has to go to church to be a Christian. Well, you're, you're, that's wrong. That's wrong. People who say that, one or two things, they don't know their Bible or they're not saved. Let me just say it while I'm here. If you have no desire to congregate and fellowship with other Christians, you most likely, and I would go even venture to say, you're probably not saved. The very first thing that new Christians did in the New Testament, Acts chapter number two, they continued steadfastly. They meant, I mean, all the time, they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine and prayers, breaking the bread, fellowship. Real Christians have a desire to be around other real Christians. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Not only that, God commanded it. Listen, service is not a suggestion. God created you to serve. B, God commanded you to serve. He commanded you to serve. Galatians 5.13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not that liberty, watch this now, for an occasion to the flesh. Let me help you with that. But by love... 
serve one another. Let me read it again. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love, what? That's talking about the brethren. Watch this now. Let me, let me, let me lay it out to you. Let me lay it out to you. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. I'm going to get real personal right here. Real, real. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm putting me in the thing. This morning, I don't know about y'all, but I've been struggling since this time changed. And that alarm went off. Oh, dear God. Oh. My flesh said not today. My flesh didn't want to move. Now watch. Now watch. Here's where I'm going to apply this. Watch everybody. Everybody with me? Wave at me if you're watching. Wave at me if you're listening. Do you realize I had liberty to stay in bed? What does that mean? I wouldn't have went to hell if I'd have stayed in bed. I had liberty. I had freedom. I had liberty to stay in bed. God was not going to send me to hell for staying in bed. But you know what he said? You're using that as an occasion for your flesh. In other words, watch this now. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Watch it. This is, take it however you want to take it. You know what God is saying here? Don't allow your liberty as a chance to be selfish. I could have selfishly stayed in bed and you wouldn't have got ministered to this morning. If I didn't come do what I'm gifted to do, you wouldn't have got ministered to. I wouldn't have been able to bless you this morning if I'd have lazily, selfishly used the ability to know that I'm not going to go to hell if I stay in bed. No, I didn't use that as an occasion. I got out of the bed and I got my clothes on and I came to church so I could serve you. And when you sit at home and you don't serve, you're, you're allowed. Well, I'm not going to go to hell if I don't come to church. That's right. But you're allowing it to, for an occasion of the flesh to be selfish. Because at home, you don't have to serve nobody. And let me say this. Everybody in here that don't serve. Everybody in here that don't serve. You're not going to go to hell if you don't sign up today. You're not going to go to hell if you don't serve in some capacity here at this church. But you know what you're doing? You're giving it and allowing an occasion for your flesh to be selfish, not to serve one another. You're not just here to get blessed. We're here to serve one another. Help one another. Encourage one another. Bless one another. You got people right now, you got people right now that are volunteering. They're in the nursery right now, right now, being puked on, being messed on, being the other on. And maybe you've never volunteered one time. You're allowing them to serve you, but you're selfishly using your liberty as an occasion to the flesh. But God said, don't do that. He said, but serve one. Amen. amen. I know it's going to get uncomfortable. Y'all are all saying amen when I'm hitting them people on the internet. But when I start talking to y'all. <laughs> Galatians 5, 13. 1 John three sixteen. Watch this now. Hereby perceive we the love of God. We can see it. That's what perceive means. We can see it. You know how I know God loves me? All you got to do is look at the cross. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Watch this now. And we, what's that next word? All All means obligation. Because God laid his, his life down for us, we are obligated, watch this, to lay down our lives for the Uh Uh-oh. What does that mean? If by looking at the cross, we can see God's love for us. Doesn't that mean that we can see your love for each other by your service one to another? What does it mean to lay our life down? 
It means to set your agenda aside and be willing to put on that apron like Jesus did and serve one another. Everybody look at me a minute. Everybody look at me a minute. Well, preacher, I just don't have time. Don't give me that. Everybody's busy. Everybody's busy. There ain't a person with these, these stickers on. Not one single person with these stickers on that's not busy. So don't ever again say, well, I just don't have time. You got time. We all got time. Do we want to? Hello. Church, say amen. amen. Now, here's the thing. There's a card. <clears throat> There's a card in the seats. If you're, not, if you're not volunteering, here's your chance. Here's your chance to move from there to here. Whatever. Hey, I'm glad y'all paying attention, Miss Diane. Let's try that again, because y'all didn't even catch it. To go from here, here to there. there. Good job. Yeah. Now watch this. Preacher, you're supposed to be talking about provision. I am. Watch this. If you will take care of God's business, God will take care of And you know what's so good about that? His hand's bigger than yours. This goes into number four. Write this down quickly. Oh, Lord, we went over again. What was number one? Quickly, say it. If I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be, if I'm going to be in the will of God, I first have to be saved. Number two? Number three? Number four? Spreading. Spreading the gospel. Spreading the gospel, the precious seed, the word of God. Now look at me, everybody. That's all you got to write. So look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Is there any question whatsoever that God commanded us to preach the gospel to every creature? No question whatsoever. The Bible says in Matthew 28, go ye, right? Let's read it. Let's read it. Let's read it. I know you started putting it up. See, that's why you don't put it up because we got to read it. Amen. Watch this. I told you to put it up, didn't I? Did I tell you to put it up? Let's read. Matthew 28, Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. What's the next word? Look at your neighbor and say it. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That means to make disciples out of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Acts 1 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You know what Jesus, you know what Jesus said? Look at me, everybody. Now you can put it up. Look at me. Look at me. Everybody look at me, because I'm 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 quick. We gotta stop. Watch this. You remember when Jesus was 12 years old in the temple? You remember when his mom and daddy came? You remember what they told him? What are you doing? You have scared us to death. How would you like to be the one that lost the son of God? (laughs) What are you doing to us? You have scared us to death. What did Jesus respond? What What was his answer? This is what he said. I must be... I must be about my father's business. Now we know what that business was because he said it. He said, I came to seek and to that which was lost, right? He said, I didn't come to minister. I came to be a minister. I came to be a servant. I came to be a pardon for the sins of many, right? I came to seek and to save. That was the father's business. Ladies and gentlemen, if we'll be about the father's business of planting churches, sowing the seed, spreading the gospel, God is going to take care of us. He's obligated. How are we going to be able to handle his business if we don't have the provision to put food on our own table? Think about that a minute. 
Last year, last year, me and my family, we gave more than we've ever given before in our entire ministry. And you know what? God blessed us more than we've ever experienced in our entire ministry. Now, here's what I want to do as we close. There's two things. The first two points is up to you. You've got to decide today. Matter of fact, we can help you with that first one too. There's going to be people up here. There's going to be people up here with a Bible in their hand. They can help you with point number one. But point number two is all up to you. You've got to be willing to surrender. Now watch this. If you're not serving, you need to serve. You cannot be, you cannot be there without serving him. Everything about that, watch this now, everything about that, everything was about him doing what God commanded him to do. So if you're not serving, sign up. Today, there's going to be a table at every exit as you leave. Stop by and say, I need to be there. Sign me up. They're going to have different, all the different ministries, whatever interests you, whatever piques your interest, you stop and sign up. Now watch this. Now watch this. Here's how we're going to do this. You remember what Elijah told that widow? Give me something to drink. Okay. Now that was tough right there because there's a drought. That by itself was a task. But he said, hey, make me something to eat. And what'd she say? I don't have anything. What I do have, I'm going to make it and we're going to die. And what'd he say? I want you to make mine. Now, if you just read that casually, like, oh, he's taking advantage of this widow. Nuh-uh. Watch this. God's given her an opportunity to take care of his business. Because, see, the prophet was serving the king, Jesus. The prophet was on business for God. And he offered her, said, if you will take care of my business, if you'll keep my prophet alive, I'm going to take care of your business. And you know what? She did. She believed it. She did it. And from that point on, they did not go without till the rains came. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stop by and pick up one of these boxes. And we're going to explain this more next week. I don't have time today. But I want you to pick up one of these boxes and I want you to take it home. And I want you to use this as a faith builder for your children. For you. And say, God, fill this up. I challenged y'all last year and, and God did way beyond our wildest dreams. Yeah. Say, well, preacher, you're, what are you doing? Don't you know what the gas prices are? I didn't say you put it in there. Don't take one dime out of your budget. Don't take one dime out of anything. It's got to come from God. And say, God, we're going into a shortage. But I'm going to believe you like that widow. And if you give it to me to put in here, I'll put it in there. And here's what I want you to see. As you do that, I want you to watch how God's going to take care of your other needs. If you will put him first, I challenge you. By faith, I'm going to do the same thing this year. I asked God to allow me to give 10 boxes last year. God gave me 25. And not one single, Brother John, not one single dime came out of my regular budget that I take care of my bills with. God provided it all. And not only did he provide for all, he provided needs and wants that I had that didn't even count that. Let me say it this way. Everybody stand so you know I'm serious. Everybody stand. You stand where you are. Just keep listening. Just keep listening to Fairview. Just stand. Now watch. How does that work, preacher? How does that work? Everybody look at me. Y'all have heard me say this story over and over and over and over and over again. But little Johnny. If you're new this morning, that's Johnny. All the time I talk about little Johnny, now you know who it is. Lil Johnny was in the supermarket. They were, they were leaving. His mama was paying, and there was a big jar of bubblegum balls. And the manager was standing there. And old Johnny was looking at them gumballs. He wanted them so bad. 
And the manager said, son, go ahead, get you, get you a handful. Little Johnny just stood there, didn't mean move. He said, go ahead. I said, you can have some, no, no charge. I'm going to give you some. He never moved. His mama popped him on the back, said, son, get your gumballs. He just looked up. Well, the manager got frustrated and he reached his old hand in there and got him some gumballs. And little Johnny held his shirt out and filled his shirt up with them gumballs and went outside. Mama said, what in the world's wrong with you? Why didn't you get some gumballs? He said, mama, his hands were bigger than mine. You know what? You know what Psalms 23 says? My cup. Do you realize there'll be more in the saucer for you than what you can put in the cup by yourself? I'm challenging today. I'm challenging. I'm telling you. If you will take care of God, come on, take care of God. He's going to make sure and take care of you. If you'll say, preacher, I'm going to be about the father's business. Well, then the father's obligated to take care of your business. But if you're there, here, (laughs) instead of there, you you see, it's there where he said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to meet your need. I'm going to provide for you. But if you over Here. here, you're on your own. You're on your own. And all God's people say it.